Hello, welcome to the GID podcast series. I'm Paris and I'll be speaking to my fellow designers about the pressing global problems that keep them up at night and the clever and creative ways they're trying to tackle them. Hi, welcome to the fourth episode of the GID podcast. Today I'm speaking to Naomi Heja from Malaysia. Uh, Naomi is a multidisciplinary designer with specific interest in designing around cross-cultural boundaries. She aims to explore and dig deep into people's relationships with each other as well as with objects. One relationship she's been exploring recently is our relationship to food. So we're going to be talking about food waste today and food sustainability. Welcome, Naomi. Hi, thank you for having me. No worries at all. Um, Let's start with you telling us a bit about your project. What's the project you're working on at the moment? Um, So it's a project, it's a student campaign uh, to raise awareness about uh, food wasting behaviors in university canteens uh, specifically. So the way I came about it was um, I grew up in Malaysia, so food was a huge thing around me and like uh, how I grew up and the way we communicate with each other. Um, And then coming into UK, Uh, having lived in student dorms and witnessing how students live and like the kind of diets we have and then (laughs) moving on towards uh, living with my grandparents and how they interact with food as well kind of gave me different perspectives of how we um, see food and how we see food waste. Uh, So that's kind of um, how I got to this problem and uh, thinking about how students uh, interact with food waste in public spaces as well they don't really you don't really tend to um take responsibility because you're thinking oh you're you're in a public area you're in a public um space it's not really you kind of throw it in the bins that are provided you don't really think about how much food you're taking or how much money you're spending um so that's what i was trying to tackle um yeah cool and what was your background before gid um, so I did an undergraduate uh, degree in d- design as well um, at Goldsmith. So it was kind of similar multidisciplinary design, um, but main more towards speculative design. So right, more out there, if anything. Um, mm-hmm. And this was more kind of uh, grounded in context. I think um, food waste in terms of design is like a really interesting. Um, area to look into. I think the first time I started thinking a bit about this was when I went to China and I felt like Mm. our relationship, like the West and the East's relationship towards um, food waste and single-use plastic and things like that, I found it really interesting, especially when they had such a huge culture around food delivery um, and takeout foods, much more so than in the UK because I think it's much cheaper. Um, And I think that was one of the times when I was like, hmm, this is a really interesting design problem. Um, Yeah. So what kind of approach have you used around this problem? Um, So, yeah, like what you said, obviously design packaging, food packaging is a huge kind of area, like problem area as well, especially now with everything being kind of plastic um, overridden with COVID and everything like that. But the way I was kind of looking at it was um, I was interested in our relationship with objects, a relationship with food, and how can we kind of give back that responsibility? Like, how can we acknowledge um, 
our relationship, our interactions with food and reduce the waste we produce. Um, so I was looking into designing for behavior change and uh, I came across uh, this organization called the Behavioral Insights Team mm -hmm. and they had a really interesting approach of um, designing uh, the routines and designing our interaction points um, that help people kind of rethink their behaviors. And I thought that was kind of a, an interesting way of tackling the problem instead of kind of just going bombarding people and being like, reduce your waste. Mm -hmm. um, so I kind of went into that approach and looking into, um, they had this East theory called um, e, uh, EAST. So it's about easy, um, applicable, um, simple, Oh, I forgot the rest. Putting you under pressure. But <laughs> like, just this whole simple kind of framework um, intervention, basically. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and also um, looking into designing how we interact within a space, within a specific space, because um, our behaviors change, and it's so hard to predict people's behaviors that you yes. kind of need, like, in a routine, in in a sense, that you kind of. You, you tend to stick to a routine. So if you go to work, for example, you kind of take the same bus, you mm -hmm. take the same route. Um, that routine is kind of ingrained in your head and that's something that's um, harder to change, but that's why you need interventions in place to maybe bring you out of that routine and bring make you think again of what you're doing, what you're doing is right or mm -hmm. is it not, or uh, how to change that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think well, yeah. Um, behavior change is a really interesting and challenging problem to be looking at. So I know in my project, I was looking at ownership by design for behavior change. So this idea of giving um, consumers more ownership over the change, and then hopefully they kind of take initiative and work for it themselves. Um, but I think it's definitely a challenge. And I think also the other point is who's responsible so I think when you're looking at behavior change, I assume, are you looking more so on the consumer side rather than, say, for example, um, government or industries? Like, who's the um, stakeholder that you kind of look at? Um, for, well, for the final project, um, I was mainly looking at students and looking the whole campaign is there's kind of two parts to it. So this is a student campaign that's supposed to be led by students. So there is that leadership opportunity of students kind of taking on this role of a food waste watcher, which is the term that I've kind of coined for uh, the project as it's called food waste watch. Um, and then these students uh, ideally would, would be kind of engaged already or kind of wanting to take responsibility for their food waste or for their food uh, sustainability mm -hmm. around university or around the campus and they would kind of go on and create these interventions in their university canteens which interrupts the, in the routine behaviors of other students mm -hmm. um, and hopefully like one of the interventions that's really simple basically is um, just a poster while you're queuing for your food so one of the behaviors I realized is that um, in a typical canteen, university canteen, you'd have a queue and then you go up to the counter where you pick up the food, uh, whatever is in front of you. And you don't really have a menu in, in sight. Mm -hmm. So you kind of go up there and kind of panic order and see what's good based on your appetite. You know, if you're really hungry, you might pick up more. 
Um, so I just had uh, a suggestion of putting a poster right at the start of the queue that has a QR code that scans into the menu of the mm -hmm. of today. So just to get like so just to prompt students to think more about what they plan on eating mm -hmm. um, and as you queue maybe you kind of think actually I'm not so hungry I might not order that much and then in turn reduce your plate waste within the university canteen mm -hmm. um, I mean it's just like tiny tiny yeah. suggestions and tiny behavior changes but that would kind of make a great, great impact in the end sure I guess if you've got like so all it takes is someone to go in with food waste at the forefront and say let's do this this and this and then we can have like a huge impact um i know one yeah. of the big things that happened was the food delivery places putting the tick box for whether you want cutlery or not and it's one of those simple things that's actually the most um simple thing to implement and it had such a huge impact in terms of the amount of single-use plastic people were using so i think yeah um i've definitely seen similar things around this topic before um, the QR code I find really interesting. Again, when I was in China, that's something that I noticed they use so much more of than we do here. Um, uh, where did you have? Where have you seen this before? Like, do you think QR codes are something that are going to be used more and more, or why did you use this as like your form of information collection? Um, well, one of the yeah, definitely from what you said, it's definitely more widely spread in Asia. Um, but the reason I did it was because uh, from my observations, students were on their phones, like 80% 80 of students queuing were either on their phones or talking to people. But even when they're with their friends, they were on their phones. Yeah. So I thought the utilization of a phone is really important to get them kind of interacting with the poster itself rather than it being just kind of a submissive thing by the side where you just glance. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think it's definitely getting um, more kind of usage out of um, in, in Europe, especially now. I mean, uh, I just ordered my, I went down to the nearby restaurant and they had QR codes outside where you have to order through the online menu to uh, yeah. then pick up your order to decrease all these kind of physical interactions. Mm -hmm. um, so I think it is a very useful tool. Definitely. Um, and I think maybe it's like associated with food delivery as well. So now that we're having more deliveries because of COVID-19, like people are going to start yeah. using QR codes more and more. Um, you mentioned there's two yeah. systems. So one of them's with the students. Is there another mm -hmm. one on the um, like higher up level or what does this work with? Sorry, I didn't catch that. So you mentioned before that there were two different systems. So one of them was around the students. Um, and like something that you're raising student awareness from the ground up. Um, do mm -hmm. you do you work with other stakeholders as well? So for example, oh, like yes, the management. Yes. Sorry, yeah. Um, yeah. So um, essentially, the campaign kind of sorry I didn't mention this before, but um, the campaign involves this website that in turn uh, involves a toolkit. So students that were interested in this leadership opportunity of being a food waste watcher, they could download this toolkit um, that, in, that kind of gives you this whole layout of information of who you could talk to. So it tells you you could talk to your uh, sustainability coordinator in university, your student union advisors, um, your catering companies, because usually that's kind of ex externally operated. 
And even then, uh, speaking of stakeholders, through my experience of trying to uh, come up with interventions for this project, it was very hard to get started because these stakeholders were so separated. And like even talking to the university canteen, and I kind of I wanted to get approval of some interventions to take place, like taking away the trays, for example. But I couldn't do that because I had to talk to the student union advisor and then get approval from the catering company and the catering um, head office um, because they're all external stakeholders and they're not really a one-way system, which I thought this would be an interesting um, position to have a student leader that kind of connects all these dots Mm -hmm. and hopefully kind of provide these simple interventions that don't really need kind of approvals because they're kind of within the student space. So I'm not kind of going up to the catering being like, oh, can you change yeah. your plate sizes or can you change your trays? Because obviously that would take a much longer process, yeah. um, but hopefully we'll be able to do within the kind of long run being, hopefully they've done these interventions and maybe they have some really good results that they can then share um, to the catering companies and they might be more motivated to change as well. Right. Yeah, I think that's when you start to realise that a simple change is actually quite a difficult change because you have to convince (laughs) five different stakeholders to remove the trays, something that seems so simple. But um, especially when public services, there's so many people that you have to speak to because when you've also got people contracting, like that becomes difficult. Um, And also I can imagine that data must be really powerful in this kind of um, change. So for example, Mm. if you're collecting these insights... Um, in a digital form then I guess you could collect those together and say like this many students won x y and z and then I guess that gives you more leverage Um, yeah definitely Um, even even data data in a holistic way as well I did um, there was a study that I found um, showcasing that photos as data um, entries kind of show like a huge impact as well so um especially with food waste and plate waste in this matter like if you have pictures of how much plate waste um each day and then show the change um across kind of four weeks you could kind of see the difference as well um in terms of the amount of uh, food wasted or maybe the decrease um through the impact on the interventions so hopefully this could be implemented as well as one of the of um data collection mm-hmm. methods i love that that's really interesting i think also like the weight <laughs> of the bin how much food is being put in this bin each day um like they yeah. used to have some programs with really horrible graphics where they were just like piling in all the fast food i can imagine you can have some quite like appealing visuals like that um yeah <laughs> so in the bigger context um what do you think mm-hmm. the importance of futures thinking is in this space um, I think it's extremely important. Um, as you know, we are wasting a third of the food we are producing today in the world. And with estimations that we kind of, we may be suffering with food loss in the year 2050, so we might not even have enough food by then. Um, so it's kind of, uh, it's important to think about what is the future of food and what is like, um, how, how may we, Fight, uh, fight towards food sustainability 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I also did another project um, predicting kind of what uh, a speculative uh, project actually mm-hmm. um, that was talking about different ways of consuming nutrition and what if we kind of went on the side of um, consuming kind of um, meal replacements so like Soylent or um, not sure what else a Huel kind of these kind yeah. of uh, drinks that mainly kind of um, astronauts drink or uh, the gym those gym goers drink Um, and so I created this kind of bottle that enhances the um, experience of drinking these um, drinks so how can we enhance the experience should we need to be drinking these drinks kind of 23 meals a day or three meals a week Mm -hmm. um, where this bottle essentially has different sleeves that kind of triggers our um, color and tactile um, senses Mm -hmm. so like our sorry our sight and tactile senses that um, uh, triggers our taste as well so Mm -hmm. kind of when you see brown or when you see kind of gritty uh, textures it kind of evokes the sense of bitterness. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe that could be a possible way of experiencing different food um, drink, food consumption methods that would, it's more of a, I guess, utopian speculative project where mm-hmm. we're thinking that drinking these meal replacements would be a good thing or like this product would be um, helping this, but also kind of raising awareness of how the future of our food um, production is kind of at stake here yeah. Um, but yeah yeah I think the only one of those um, food replacements I've tried is Huel and it definitely mm. does what it says on the tin like it's just human fuel there's no nice experience yeah. to it um, and I think <laughs> it's like that for a reason to appeal to a certain like demographic and group of people that just want like all their nutrients in one powder um, yeah. But I love this idea of how can you add the experience, but maybe not in the way that you would assume with food through taste. Maybe if you can add it through touch or um, through color. Like I've seen your work on this. I think it's really interesting. Um, mm. Cool. So where's your project at now? The food waste. Where are we? Um, so obviously with COVID, um, I can't really continue the campaign <laughs> until <laughs> canteens kind of open up again. Um, so I've been, I actually just started this food blog called honestfood.blog, cool. uh, honest.food.blog, sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, and I started this with actually a friend of mine who's a home, who's a chef, um, in Malaysia. Amazing. Um, and we both kind of really are passionate about food waste and passionate about raising awareness uh, to like get people to learn more about how to reduce their food waste. So he's, uh, we're we've started this blog where we'd have articles weekly um, about food waste innovations around the world and have interviews with other people as well. One recently was with this uh, zero waste um, designer that um, gave us tips on how you can start a zero waste lifestyle. Um, And then he kind of produces two recipes a week that produces these amazing recipes. If you actually want to, if you're actually, wanting to try these kind of complicated recipes, but they're really good (laughs) um, dishes Mm -hmm. um, that hopefully in the end would kind of tie up recipes together. So um, our kind of vision for it is that there would be no waste when you do these recipes where maybe if you have 
chicken bone from one recipe, you could use them to make bone broth in another mm -hmm. recipe that would link out. Um, so yeah, that would be the kind of hope for this blog and that's what I'm kind of working on now, I guess. Yeah, that sounds delicious. And um, I can definitely resonate with trying out new recipes. So at the moment, we obviously have a lot more time on our hand. So I'm not usually somebody who cooks that much, but I've been trying out different um, recipes and trying new ingredients. Uh, and I guess on that topic, um, it feels that we should kind of mention, how do you think COVID-19 and the quarantine has affected people's attitudes towards food waste or the problem in general? Mm. Um, I think definitely I hope that people kind of realize how much waste they, they are wasting, um, especially now you're cooking as much at home and you have the time to kind of see how much food uh, piles up and food waste um, do pile up. And another thing that uh, kind of happens a lot in a lot of studies is that the misconception people have with how much food waste they produce. Mm -hmm. um, yeah i think maybe also um people are being a bit more experimental so oleo is something that i've seen a few more people using yeah. i guess like whilst you're at home you're trying out new apps and things and hopefully it won't just be like a quick trend but um yeah, i agree I, know, I think i think maybe people are being a bit more experimental and they have more time to think um yeah i would also like get the opportunity to urge people to kind of Try do their own waste audits. You can you can find like simple um, to do lists uh, online about how to do your own waste audits and f find out yourself how much food waste you're wasting a week or something mm -hmm. to make to get that sense of awareness and get maybe just be more aware of you know how much your routine and your behavior is affecting that and how can you change yourself. Um, that would be a good start, especially everyone's at home now and you don't really have much to do. <laughs> mm -hmm, definitely. Um, okay, cool. So we're coming up to the end. You mentioned your blog earlier. Do you want to um, say the name again and say if there's anywhere else we can find you? So any Instagram handles that you want to share? Um, yeah, so you can find me on my uh, website, which is naomihager.com. Uh, or the food blog, which is honest.food.blog. Um, feel free to subscribe, and we have weekly posts. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, it'll be really exciting. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you so much, Naomi. Thank you, Paris. Okay. Bye. Bye. thank you to Naomi for sharing her work with us. This has been the second episode we've had on sustainability, but I think it's really interesting the two approaches that have been taken. So Romy obviously spoke about speculative design, make sure you give that episode a listen, compared to Naomi's more practical view on the issue. Um, we've got many more themes being covered in the series, so make sure you check out the rest of the episodes, from education to cancer care, and everything in between. If you've been interested by our work and you want to find out more, make sure you go to the RCA virtual show the link is in the bio. Um, my name's Paris and you can find me at Paris Anne O'Shea on Instagram. Thank you so much for listening and I hope you enjoyed the rest of the series.